from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. An, an Idaho lawmaker wants to ban mask mandates for public employees. We'll see how that goes, because there's a COVID surge in Idaho right now. Tougher laws on obstructing traffic grows. Many people are saying that this needs to be the case. We're going to talk about that as well. And the Surgeon General could clear the air on something that Spike O'Neill hates more than anything else. But before we get to that, I had COVID last week, or at least I think I had COVID, which is why I came to work every single day to give it to everybody that I work with. And I thought, well, why don't we have Dr. Z on so that he can tell us all about why I got COVID hands? Because this whole thing kind of backfired on me because originally it was a plan for revenge. And then (laughs) my hands (laughs) swole up and were unusable. So... Dr. Z, MD, PhD, Silver Fox, and Robot Brain. How are you, my friend? I'm, I'm doing good, my medical miracle. How are you? <laughs> well, so basically what happened is that last Saturday, uh, I woke up and my hands kind of looked like two. Spike, you saw the pictures. Yeah. They were, blor- they were much larger than they usually are, and they were red. And because I am, uh, what's, a, what's a good word for this? Uh, I'm a hypochondriac. I have Dr. Z on speed dial. Ooh, so I, I didn't mean, know that. That's good. I'm so, glad he takes your call. <laughs> so I text I text Dr. Z and I go, hey, man, don't mean to worry you, but my hands are really big and they're red and puffy. And I'm just curious if you heard anything about this going around when it comes to COVID or whatever it is. And then Dr. Z goes, call me. <laughs> so I, I called Dr. Z and I sent him a couple pictures of my hands, which were big and red and puffy. And Dr. Z, do you want to pick up the story from... From there, because you told me exactly what it was. Sure. So um, uh, I had uh, Jack send me a picture of his hands because I want to see what it looks like. And uh, Jack also reported that uh, his hands felt like uh, he had a chemical burn. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what. Okay, what did he do? What did he do now? <laughs> yeah. What 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 strange new hell has Jack brought into your world? <laughs> Right. Is this some kind of uh, yoga move that uh, you know, he, he put together yes. hanging from his hands? It's called you know? chicken and lava. Yeah, exactly is what it's called, where I just put my hands into a <laughs> vat of boiling acid. Well, Jack knows I, I like to, I, well, I try to think for a living, and I I went to the medical literature, and I, I just, you know, put in uh, red puffy hands after COVID, um, a case study. Uh, 2021 out of Italy. Uh, first author is uh, uh, Chiaffi, uh, C-I-A-F-F-I, um, literally shows a patient with Jack's hands. Um, when I saw this, uh, when I saw the pathology pictures included in this uh, publication, I went back to the pictures Jack sent me, and he even had the blanching of the um, uh, inter- uh, distal phalange. Can you so can you explain what that is? It, like I'm five, Doctor Z. What is get <laughs> alligator skin? <laughs> so it's remarkable. It's like uh, it's like a a um, a pale uh, a, a pale area of skin that is just back from the last knuckle on each on each finger. Yeah. So it was really gross. Is another way of putting it. And my hands basically it hurt to. It was very uncomfortable to make a fist with my hands because it felt as if I was stretching the top of my hands. It was very very uncomfortable. 
So then Dr. Z says, uh, with his big robot brain, he says, I think you got to take some Benadryl and some ibuprofen and some Sudafed. And if it doesn't go down in two hours, you got to go to urgent care. Now, Dr. Z, why did you tell me that I should go? Because this is, I think it's an important PSA for people. Yeah, not you, everybody's got a doctor on speed not dial. Not everybody's got a doctor, big robot brain on, on speed dial. I know I don't. Uh, why did you advise me to go to the hospital uh, because of what my hands were doing, if indeed it didn't get better? Well, it's a, I mean, it's a very concerning picture when you have, uh, you know, bilateral swelling uh, just of your hands. And I'm running through my, my differential of, of what this could be. And I remember that, you know, Jack mentioned he had a fever and he lost uh, he lost his sense of taste. Right. Yes. Yeah. And OK, folks, uh, that's covid until proven otherwise. <laughs> and, and don't rely on a home test. Uh, the variants have shown us that uh, those tests quickly become, uh, you know, obsolete uh, with as variants come out. Which is ironic because I had three home tests that I got from Walgreens, and I took every single one. Yeah, uh, we, one we all we all do. Right, that's what we have. That's and our only only every, option. Every single one of them was negative. So me being me, I think to myself, well, obviously I'm going to go to work because I'm perfectly healthy because right. I don't You're have COVID. You're being conscientious, right? And upon reflection, I think it's pretty clear I had COVID again. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Hey, Doctor Z, what what can people do if these tests are ineffective or or give us false negatives? Well, uh, you you know you watch the symptoms, and you know you got a you got a fever, uh, you have uh, prolonged symptoms. Uh, the fatigue is remarkable uh, from this disease, and you know the the loss of uh, smell or taste. Um, you, you know you treat it the same as a common cold, unless it gets so severe that you're having breathing issues and you have to go to urgent care or to the emergency room. So what ended up happening is I take the Sudafed, and again, we're talking to Dr. Z about my, I had this really weird COVID side symptom on Saturday where my hands swole up. They're very kind of cartoonish in a lot of ways, and they hurt. Every time I put them into hot water, it felt like a chemical burn on the back of my hands. And so I take the Sudafed, and I take the Benadryl, I take the ibuprofen. Within 30 minutes, swelling starts to go down, redness starts to go down. Within six hours, the redness was almost entirely gone. The next day, the swelling was down. So I was able to come to work on Tuesday. No big deal. But at the time, I was thinking to myself, this is really alien and bizarre, right? And isn't it so fascinating that we're still learning things about this disease three or four years down the line, right? So when something like this happens, um, I kind of can't help but to go down the rabbit hole and try to chase down, you know, what, what does this mean? What, right. How, how do we put this in the context of the other things that we know and don't know about COVID? And I, I have to tell you, you know, Jack, I didn't tell you to take Sudafed. I told you to take Benadryl yes. and ibuprofen. Yeah. You, you told me later when the hand, when the puffiness went down, I had already started reading about, you know, reading through this article and this is this is the same capillary permeability. Uh, you know, people know leaky gut. Well, this is leaky vessel, uh, blood vessel, and that's why the swelling uh, occurred. People get it in their feet, and it is the principle of why folks drown in their lungs from this disease. And that's so crazy, but thankfully I have Dr. Z on speed dial. Dr. Z, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. And also thank you so much for being available on a 
on a Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> Saturday and anytime. I mean, I, I've, Dr. Z is a spike. I, I've heard your name mentioned a thousand times. And every time I hear your name mentioned, it's a point of you you making Jack smarter, making yes. Jack healthier. Yes. And Jack takes this knowledge you give him and gives it to the city. So I, as, as a grateful city, Seattle, we thank you for being on taking his call Zinanti, every hour of the day. <laughs> ZinantiMD.com is the website. You want to shoot Dr. Z as a question. He is a... Really? Uh, yeah, child and adult neurologist, uh, operating out of Santa Cruz, California. Been my friend for many, many years. Love him very much, and he's you, a great physician. Do you mind physician. spelling the website real quick? Z-I-N-N-A-N-T-I-M-D.com. You Google it. It's easy okay. to find. I, it's very I, easy thanks, to find. Dr. Z. Thank you, Dr. Z. Thanks, we appreciate guys. it, my friend. We'll be talking to you very, very soon. I mean, most guys, you say, I, I went and looked in Italy, yeah. right? I looked in Italy, but red hands. <laughs> oh, it's a La Tomatina Festival. They were all throwing tomatoes. No big deal. <laughs> this guy goes deeper. I know. Right? Yeah, and the crazy oh. thing about it, if I could just wrap up the story is that uh, still to this day, Spike, you felt the back of my hand. Yeah, you're still a little like, scaly. Kind of a little right? scaly. Yeah. It's almost like that the Stephen King book, Thinner, right? Where I'm turning into oh, a yeah. lizard person. Oof. But thankfully, thanks to Dr. Z, that's going away. There's an Idaho lawmaker who wants to ban mask mandates for public employees amid a COVID surge in Idaho. Now, I understand why everybody is so hesitant against this. I understand why people are saying I'll never wear a mask again, so on and so forth. I personally don't think that there should be mask mandates, largely because I, I'm going to fall upon the uh, the slippery slope argument, which is a lot of the things that were done around COVID were done in haste. They were done with very little research. What I am in favor for, however, though, is the federal government buying N95 masks or KN95 masks. Okay and giving them out to people who want them for freezies. Mm, okay. I am 100% okay with that because those are the only ones that have any kind of efficacy against the transmission. Uh, the, the little blue surgical masks that right. you see, yeah. they're not doing anything. They're, they're not, not really they're not, doing They're not anything. stopping the particle spread That's, as we thought they would? Not as right? much as you, as you would think or as much as you would like, okay. particularly if someone has a particularly large viral load and they're walking around, they're okay. particularly sick. That's not very good. But at, at the same time, when you have Representative Jason Gallagher, who's a Republican out of Weiser, introducing HB 396 to ban state entities or political subdivisions from mandating masks... This is a little silly because there are public institutions which deal with health, which deal with operating around elderly people, people with chronic diseases. And so you would imagine that a, a public entity mandating that mask mandate would be a good thing. For instance, Spike, the majority of the children who died from covid uh, were had pre-existing diseases. And you, normally it was they had a feeding tube or they had some kind of mobility mm. problem, okay. some kind of heart issue. A lot of those kids where they got COVID, if you track it back, was at the, the places where they go for physical rehabilitation, oh. the, the schools that they went to. Okay. And so I would have no issue with a mask mandate around those kids. I don't think anybody would. Potentially, this bill, if it's a public entity who's facilitating services for these kids, if they wanted to have a mask mandate, there could be some rogue employee who says, no dice, I'm going to be around kids who have a feeding tube without a mask on. That's pretty rough. I think that anybody with two brain cells to rub together can say, yeah, I can see how that could be the case, right? So is this guy, uh, is it virtue signaling? He's he's campaigning, obviously, right? It's, he's politicizing the you won't tell me what to do mentality. 
Right, that's why he's proposing this ban on a mandate. Yeah, it's not. It's not about yeah. science. It's not about health. Not really. It's about standing up for the people who want to make their own decisions. And I get, you know, the right to make your own decisions with regard to your health. But to your point, if you've got a vulnerable population, be it elderly, be it you know young student kids or with pre-existing vulnerability, you want to give them the right to make it as safe as possible. Make a lot of sense. It would. I'm, you know, I'm just saying. And if you look at the stratified data on COVID, it normally affects people who are over the age of 65. Can right. you imagine a public entity saying, "Hey, we have an old folks' home." <laughs> We'd like to make sure you all wear the right mask. And you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me what to do. Enough, I got a clean bedpan. I got to wear a mask. I feel <laughs> like anybody can see that this is a bad idea now. But at the same time, I do agree with Brad Little's assessment back in the day when he decided to ban any vaccine mandates. I think that that is very based indeed because I don't think that you can mandate that kind of procedure for adults in that capacity, given the severity of the disease. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I hate, I'm, I'm of the same mentality though. If it's in the greater good of the public, the vulnerable public. Well, but there are some people who don't need to wear masks. I think we can all acknowledge that, right? I mean, like no offense to Laura Scott, but Laura Scott's 22 years old. Bulletproof. Absolutely. She's got Wolverine like healing skills. Look at young Andrew in there. Andrew's only 15 years old. There's no, he doesn't need to wear a mask, right? Sure. We're violating the beard. He has, I know. I mean, sure. We're violating child labor laws, but that's besides the point. So, speaking of, by the way, Spike is very, very upset on the subject of health nudes. That the sur- news that the surgeon ge- health nudes, everybody, health nudes, the latest calendar from your local hospital, <laughs> health nudes, health news. The surgeon general is clearing the air on vaping dangers. Experts say now, I, I, I don't think that vaping is bad for you. It's water vapor. I would rather have people vape than smoke cigarettes. Spike thinks that vaping is the devil and he needs to take away everything that we enjoy because he deems it to be inappropriate. Why, Spike, your own children vape. I've spent time with your children. I watched your lovely daughter, Ryan, vape right in front of me. Nobody cared. Well, when she hit her 30s, I couldn't tell her what to do anymore, Jack. I tried. Um, you know, I, there was a campaign, a national ad campaign about the dangers of vaping. That wasn't their idea to put that campaign out. It was, they were required to do so because studies had found that vaping presented various dangers. Sure. And pe- people have this misconception that it's, I mean, it's, it's safer than cigarettes. Sure, it is. Much. Doesn't mean it's safe. Safer. Yeah, but like, is bungee jumping in America safer than Mexico? Yes. Yes. Right? <laughs> it doesn't mean it's safe. It doesn't, it's safer. It doesn't mean that it's safe. It's safer. Yeah, I think that people- that's my thing. And, and, and with the, for me, my big, my big problem was, if I can, was the, was the fruit flavors. Right? That's make, the best make, part. If, if you want to smoke that bad, make it all taste like vomit. No. <laughs> if, if you really want to smoke, you're going to smoke. Laura, as a younger person, vaping, are more people vaping or are they smoking cigarettes? Vaping. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's based, right? Yeah, it's so funny because I remember e-cigarettes in malls being like the least cool thing ever. Yes, yeah. And now that's what everyone does. Right? I mean, come on, Spike. Let's let's I would rather if I Okay, let's just say it's 5 years from now. Let's say it's 15 years from now. Yeah. Uh, happily married, three beautiful children, and I I open my son's door, my eldest son's door, mm-hmm. and I go, "Hey, little Johnny, it's time to go to baseball practice." And as I open the door, I see him and he's got he's, <laughs> uh, the dragon smoke. Okay. I yeah. see the dragon smoke. Yeah. If it's a vape, I'm giving him a tip of the hat. If it's a cigarette, I'm giving him a wag of the finger. You no, see what no, I'm saying? Boot out the door. No, 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 no. Two foot bomb. If it's, boot I would rather walk in on my kid. It's the same way that like what I rather walk in on my kid smoking a J or free basing heroin. 
I would much rather, if I had to pick between these two worlds, much rather walk in on my 15-year-old smoking marijuana and talk to them about that versus them hitting Maxwell's silver hammer. How about yep. doing homework and pushing their glasses up their nose? Is that an option? That's your kid kicked out of my house. You're getting kicked out of my house. There's no homework allowed in my house. All, this if, kid's not mine, clearly. Honey. I will have for my children, because I despise homework so much, I will have a homework dungeon where if they insist on doing homework, it'll be like that room in Matilda where the principal, Ms. Trunchable, puts all the bad kids. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? With all, oh, yeah. all the you spikes bet. and yeah. chains. Yeah. That's where you're going to learn about algebra, Johnny. <laughs> in there. Otherwise, no homework in in daddy's home no homework whatsoever well the surgeon generals and the experts agree it's it's much less harmful yes much it is. less harmful I'm, I'm i'm bowing down to indeed. your superior knowledge again indeed uh costco is among locations or excuse me the issaquah costco is yeah. now among locations that are now scanning member cards at the entrance which means I'm going to have to give my old roommate Ian back his Costco card. <laughs> You're the one that caused us. <laughs> I can t- I, I've experienced the shame Costco employees go through Oof. when asking to see IDs. It's really rough. It's hard. It's really rough. And on top of all of that, uh, big box retail chains were never a solution to America's downtowns. Interesting piece that was written about a month ago, but it pertains to what we're seeing here in Seattle. Being that all these big box stores were saying, thinking to themselves, we'll put a location downtown. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Well, we'll talk about it when we get back right after this. Kids like to vape. Okay. Laura, what's the deal with our voicemail? We got to make sure that works. Is that even working? <laughs> Someone want to call it right now? And, somebody and just want to. I asked for that voicemail like three weeks ago. Uh-huh. And I have no, it's, I, there's a promo for the voicemail, but is there a voicemail? Does he, it's, it's Schrodinger's voicemail, <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe everyone's hands are puffy from post-COVID. Ah, uh, that's a good callback joke to me yeah. literally being in pain over the weekend. <laughs> Thanks for that, Spike. That's the only cool. pleasure I receive over that's the weekend cool. is making, making fun of me, my pain and suffering. Speaking of pain and suffering, by the way, uh, a handful of Costco locations, including some in Western Washington, have been scanning membership cards at entrances. Now, if you don't know, Costco is a pay for a membership, yep. and then you can go and you can buy 40 gallons of turmeric, or you can get uh, 10 years worth of fish oil from that fine location, and you can also get an entire side of beef. And if yep, you, if you, you pay enough, you can buy an entire country because Costco <laughs> pretty much sells everything at this point in time, right? The island displays a pop-up display. It comes and goes at yeah, Costco. Yeah, it's really it's yeah. Kirkland brand countries, right? <laughs> you go there, it's nothing but cookies and batteries and very comfortable clothing at affordable prices. I got to tell you, the liquor at Costco, the Kirkland brand liquor mm-hmm. is made, I can't mm-hmm. tell you the name, it's made by the same big name brand premier top shelf liquors right. make, make Kirkland signature brand vodka. So the I reason the they- can at Kirkland TikTok series. Did you guys ever see that? <laughs> no. This, this band in L.A. did this whole thing called Can It Kirkland? And they would blind taste test the Kirkland brand to the name brand yeah. and then see how well Great it performed. Yeah. So the reason that they're doing this is because of people like me, because I would often use my ex-roommate Ian's Costco card. Mm-hmm. Just walk right in. Right. Just, yeah. oh, there it is. Now, Ian is uh, he's half Japanese and and I'm not half Japanese and Ian looks very Japanese mm. and I do not look very Japanese. However, at the time, because Costco has those little grainy black and white pictures from about two feet away, because they're only about the size of a postage stamp. If I, yep, you see that? If I just flash that to I look the Japanese in mine, that's to, weird to the lady at the front door. <laughs> 
uh, they would just let me walk right in. Yeah, they would. And yeah. now what they're going to start doing is they're going to start scanning. Now, what makes this is even kind of more ridiculous, I think, in so many ways, I know that there are many people who are Costco devotees. I know they love the prices. They love buying in bulk, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. I don't like Costco, these big box stores. I think that they're 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 good in some ways for people, for consumers. Mm-hmm. And in other ways, they're actually really bad. Because if you have that amount of like surplus goods, in a sense, like when people go in and they say like, I guess I'll buy uh, 400 bags of famous Amos cookies is what mm-hmm. I'm going to do. Yeah. There's kind of a waste that goes into that level of consumerism. Yeah, there is. Versus, right, and also the amount of processed food that people are consuming. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm simply observing, as my yoga teacher likes to say. There are lots of people out there, they think they go to Costco, I'm going to stock up for the wintertime, just like a squirrel. And basically, they get a bunch of Cheez-Its and some Crown Royal and some Famous Amos, <laughs> and then they say, they call it a day, right? And this I want to be stoned at your place. That sounds is, great. I don't. Have you seen the fresh produce section oh, at Costco? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's the size of a walk-in closet. It's, it's basically non-existent. Well, it's, it's made for, well, the fresh produce, if you go to a business Costco, restaurants shop there. I get that. Sure. But, yeah, I'm with you on the consumer buying a... a, a inedible amount of goods in bulk. You don't buy the five pack of loaves of bread because nobody can go through five loaves of bread before they go green in the closet. You know, they get the mold on it. You know what I'm saying? I There's do. some things you don't buy. I got, I, you know, a lot of people have a beer fridge in their garage. Mm-hmm. I got a butter fridge. I buy butter at Costco. It's cheap. This is a sickness. It's like, like it's like a third of the price. Of, if I go pound of butter at the so store. So you've got 500 sticks of butter. I've got 500 sticks of butter at any, one, any given time in my garage in the fridge. Yes, i got a, a butter fridge. What do you do with all that butter? I sell it to my neighbors at a market. <laughs> no, I mean, butter keeps. I butter put, doesn't go bad. I put bad. it in the bathtub and yes, I bathe in it, it to keep my skin. Special weekend the missus and I like to have. Why know? don't we talk about Famous Amos anymore? Do, why the don't cookies? We, yeah. Um, what they, happened to Famous Amos? I think he sold off the brand, and he sold off the name of Famous Amos Cookies, and it's now being produced by someone other than Amos himself. Okay, this is, value, a tra- but this is a- like Wendy's selling off the brand, right? Yeah. Because Dave Thomas wouldn't stand for this. Right. Whatever happened, Famous Amos was a staple of my childhood. If you had Famous Amos at lunchtime in fifth grade, you were basically one of the Rockefeller kids. Mm, you know what I mean? It yeah. was You could trade for anything you wanted, right? People were fighting to get that bag of eight Famous Amos cookies out of your hand. It's good stuff. And now, when was the last time I saw Famous Amos? It's like an, an intrinsic part of my development. They, oh, they overexpanded, right? They put There were Famous Amos cookie stands in malls. You could Laura, get anywhere. are you old enough for Famous Amos? No, I, I grew up with Oreo trading and uh, roll-ups with the tattoos Disgust, on your tongue. Disgusting. Yeah, disgusting. And, yeah. oh wait, Nate, do you remember Famous Amos? Were you a Famous Amos kid? Nate? Uh... Not familiar. The cookies, chocolate chip cookies, Andrew, famous Amos. Can you can you give me a little bit of someone? I, I, I guess I know what they are, but they're you not, guess they're not, they're not very good though. They're so dry. Like I am, really? I am surrounded by enemies in my I'm own home. What you. is this, I'm Spike? Well, I feel like I'm surrounded by frauds, and liars, and thieves. It's not. This is a, a den of thieves and wolves that I'm in right now because <laughs> well, you won't recognize the supremacy of famous, famous Amos. Amos. They've been replaced by by Tates. I mean, with Tate's. 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 <laughs> Tate's are the bomb, dude. They're made in New England. They're, yes. they're, oh, they're so thin, good. thin and crispy. Yeah, they're, they're phenomenal. So the other problem with the big box store, really quick, <laughs> is that there was this really great article that was written about a month ago, but it stuck in my mind, and I thought it was important to share with people, because it, basically what they were talking about is all these mega retailers, Walmart, 
uh, Target, Target, Costco. They all had this idea that, well, we're really good in suburban areas. Why Mm -hmm. don't we put one of these outlets in a downtown area? Mm Mm-hmm. And as a consequence of that, a lot of these stores now, two or three years later, are closing. Many of these companies are blaming crime rates. But if you actually move the veil back a little bit, what you see is a lot of these stores aren't profitable because people who live in metropolitan areas, like mega downtown areas, mm-hmm. mega met, they tend to not want to go to big box stores because it's kind of hard to carry two carts full of groceries back to your apartment. Right, on the bus or on subway. On the bus or the subway. Based. Most yep. people who shop, it, 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 this is a weird statistic that I found in this article, most people who live in downtown areas tend to shop at local bodegas. They tend to shop at the corner store. Right. It's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. And so you can't solely place the blame of Target leaving or this store leaving or whatever it is on crime rates, although it does contribute. The other piece of that is that most people tend to want to go to the local corner store because they can buy what they need in a single bag and then they can carry it back as opposed to, hey, let me get this 60-inch flat-screen TV and a PS5 and get it on a bus (laughs) and just pray to God I can get it up five flights of stairs. Right, right. right. Most people who shop in major urban downtown areas don't have cars. Exactly. truck stuff home. Exactly. And we talked about this once before a while back. It's... Companies using the downtown's too crime-ridden as camouflage yes. to cover their bad business decision to put a bulk store in a place that's on a bus line that no parking. It's, it's a bad business model. It's a bad business decision, and they're not taking blame or responsibility. Yeah, and I think that that's another piece of this that we should analyze. Like, yes, we can say crime is a major issue, and yes, we can talk about the shoplifting, but also, like, let's let's give credit where credit is due to companies that make bad strategic decisions about where to put a Costco or where to put a Target or where to put an Ikea, right? Because it's not always about theft. And someone out there in the text line has to remember how delicious Famous Amos was, other than Mr. O'Neill, because I can't believe that I'm surrounded by liars and thieves. You're you're lying with the boomers here, my friend. We'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this. So there's a push for tougher laws on obstructing traffic after the recent protests that were put on by a bunch of losers, pardon me, leftists, (coughs) who decided that a couple weekends ago that they were just going to sit on I-5 northbound. Yeah. And we're not going anywhere. Senate Bill 6160 is sponsored by Washington State Senator Drew McEwen. was introduced to increase penalties for unlawfully obstructing traffic. Won't do anything if you're not going to enforce it. So it, currently it's a misdemeanor when a group of uh, three or more people refuses to disperse after being instructed to do so by the police. Doesn't matter if you're not going to enforce it. McEwen's bill pushes the penalty to a Class C felony if they fail to disperse from the public roadway. Um, so there was a guy. His name was Saul Alinsky. He wrote a book called Rules for Radicals. And it is I've read it. It's not very long. I read it in college. And the idea that when he's talking about revolution, he's talking about leftist revolution in particular, the goal for these people is to get arrested. It's Mm -hmm. to get hurt by the police so that when you see the images of it, you are sympathetic to them and not sympathetic to the state, i.e. the police. Does that make sense? Perfect sense, yeah. So you could throw anything you want at these people. You could make the penalty that they have to chew gum and make a little picture of Pete Carroll's face (laughs) for 365 (laughs) days, and it wouldn't make any difference whatsoever 
because the the idea of revolutionary action, at least from a leftist perspective, is is to get arrested and to suffer the consequences of that. And so then you can go and you can be a hero in the eyes of your buddies. Well, let's give the people what they want. Let's lock them all well, up. But again, Spike, this the thing about this, though, is that Saul Alinsky is right about this. And I'll give you a perfect example about this. The civil rights movement, the thing that changed people's minds in the 60s about the way that black people were being treated throughout the United States was the images of the dogs and the fire hoses and the the food getting thrown at them and the rocks being thrown at little girls, so on and so forth. And that changes the hearts and minds of a lot of people. It works really well. I'll give you another example. As it pertains to the MAGA movement, look at how many times Proud Boys and leftists got into fights. Remember back in the day, sure. 2016, oh, yeah. 2017, 2018, these guys are fighting like crazy. And then the Proud Boys would go and they would take pictures of themselves bleeding profusely and they would say, look at what these leftists did to us. It works really well for people who have room temperature IQs and need to actually be shown this is what happens when people are violent to each other. So if for as much as I, I enjoy the effort here by the fine state senator, I will say that in effect... He's giving them exactly what they want, because then if it's a class C felony and I'm in prison and I get interviewed by, I don't know, some leftist magazine or whatever, I say, yeah, I'm now in prison for two and a half years. What did you do? Well, I exercised my right to peacefully protest northbound I-5. <gasps> wow, I'm more of a leftist now than I ever have been previously. It's a great system. It's devious. It's Machiavellian, but it's a great system. If you if you lock up protesters and hit them with a class C felony, but you're not violent, does that does that feed their narrative? Does that give them what they want? Do they do they? What if you don't have the video of the police? Like you get locked up for breaking the law. Wait, what do you mean if you don't have the video? I have. A, I, everybody has a camera no, on them but, now. But you're not you're not violent. I mean, you, all the all the instances sure. all you right. gave that I, worked. All right. right, I'll give you an example. I'll give you another example. At UC Davis, about ten years ago, the campus a bunch of leftists on that campus had a sit-in. Mm-hmm. Now that sit-in became very very famous. I don't know if you remember this. It was a sit-in where the campus police were opening the eyes of that little girl and then spraying the pepper spray. Oh, do you remember that video? I do remember that. It's horrible. Right. Because of that, now that that was a nonviolent protest, right? Right. right. And because of that one shot of that cop taking bear mace and putting in that little white girl's eyeballs, they they had to change the entire structure of the UC Davis Police Department. Still to this day, they have completely changed the way that they operate with Mm -hmm. protests. They won. They got exactly what they wanted. So now they can do sit-ins and they can do whatever they want to do and nobody bugs them. It's that one image. That's all that matters to people. So, yeah, so, so the protesters on the freeway for speaking out for an, a ceasefire, which is this like, the latest flavor of, of civil unrest. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we don't spray them in the eye with bear mace or, or club them over the head, they don't get what they want. Lock no, them up. No, what you got to no, do is you got to use the Randy suit. That's what I'm We're going back to the Randy suit. <laughs> Randy suit? Do you remember the Randy suit? No. Laura, would you care to educate Spike on what the you Randy suit? You don't remember the Randy suit? No. Is this Boomer to Zoomer? Have we transitioned to a different... This is Jack's idea of humiliation, punishment. Do you remember the movie? Oh, I remember the Randy suit. Put your arms down when you get home from prison. Right. Yeah. So the Randy suit is from A Christmas Story. Yes. And it's when the little brother, Randy, the mom puts him in his winter gear and he's walking around like a starfish. You can't put my arms down. I can't put my arms down. And she says, too bad. Put your arms down and you get the school. Now, the, the thing with the Randy suit is that they're still free citizens. They can go wherever they want, but now they're walking around like a starfish. It's humiliating. Yep. It's embarrassing. And they're in a Randy suit. Second offense, they get the shame maiden following them around with the bell. There is no second offense after the, after Randy, the Randy suit. suit. <laughs> You're right. It's a teaching moment. After, you'll, they'll never jaywalk again. 
<laughs> they'll never open mail that doesn't belong to them again. Uh, I mean, you won't believe. Are you one of the f- final eight finalists for the city council seat? I should be. You should be. I should be. All Missed right. opportunity. A plus to everybody except for Spike O'Neill. I'm giving you a solid C- minus for embarrassing me with Dr. Z. I can't believe I <laughs> didn't get a D for the Randy soup fallout. Here, my friends, is your quote of the day. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? On the subject of health nudes, that the sur- news that the surgeon gen- health nudes, everybody. Health nudes, woo. The latest calendar from your local <laughs> hospital. Health nudes.